Maroon 5 one more time. The time now is 24 minutes after 11. This is Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Dooley. Like I said, I'm having a bit of a spiritual day, if you understand African spirituality. Um, so I'm just, yeah, channeling so many things at the same time. However, I'm going to be strong and we're going to be together until midnight. And I'd like to um, welcome our A-team guest, who is Howard Domboski, who is uh, the founder of Justice Project South Africa. Howard, uh, thank you for staying with us for so long. I know we were supposed to start speaking to you at uh, 11, but it's now 24 minutes after 11. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, thank you. And yourself, Patricia? I am uh, strong, but yeah, I think I'm channeling too many things at the same time. But one thing I'm not channeling, um, Howard, is the fact that here in South Africa right now, with uh, the new obligations and rights and responsibilities around uh, traffic officers and us civil society, um, I just don't understand what is going on, what we should be looking out for, what is expected of us. And that's why we have you on the show. Oh, well, hopefully I can clear up a few of those issues for you. Well, we are aware that uh, it's holiday season. Festive season is one of those seasons where we see more traffic road officers on the road and roadblocks are one of the things we should be looking out for. Talk to us about what um, we should be expecting within the next couple of days within the festive season. Well, Patricia, it's not going to just be for the the next couple of days. It's going to be for a sustained period right through into the the new year. And, um, you know, when when it comes to roadblocks around this time of year, they are more prolific than they are usually. Um, I think part of the reason for that is that there's generally a higher volume of traffic on our roads during the festive season. Um, Whether that's going to be the case this year or not uh, remains to be seen because uh, I think it's undeniable that the um, lockdown and COVID-19 has had a serious financial impact on almost everybody in this country. And uh, the net result of that is I would predict that fewer people would be traveling to holiday destinations um, at this time of year. However, when you encounter a roadblock, just remember that um, it is your duty to cooperate with the law enforcement officials at that roadblock and um, to to remain kind and courteous. Uh, and I think uh, it's not unfair of us as citizens to expect that the law enforcement officials um, reciprocate by also acting in a kind and With the lockdown regulations under level one for the rest of South Africa, but with the Nelson Mandela uh, Bay metropolitan area having a different restriction, what is it that we should be looking out for if people are traveling between the two um, provinces? Yeah, well, um, just bear in mind that under this lockdown level one, there is a curfew that commences at midnight uh, every night and endures until 4 o'clock the the following morning. Um, But in uh, Nelson Mandela Bay, that curfew commences at 10 p.m., so 2200. Um, And uh, 
that that means that you may not be traveling at that time. So you you need to be neatly tucked up in bed um, before the the curfew commences. Failing which you stand um, to be prosecuted in terms of the Disaster Management Act regulations for violating the provision that applies to curfews. But, uh, you know, uh, let's just bear in mind that um, even though we're in lockdown level one in the rest of the country, it doesn't mean that there is no curfew. So people need to bear this in mind, um, especially when it comes to festivities surrounding the holiday season um, over Christmas and New Year. Um, and, uh, well, if you think that you're going to be uh, traveling off to parties on New Year's Eve and going and seeing in the New Year with all your buddies and then driving home, um, well, I've got another thing coming for you because there is a curfew. There is a curfew, and for some of us who will be working on Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and every other day, um, I think this really means nothing <laughs> because we will be uh, conscious, because we will be working. But for the rest of South Africans, it is very important for us to make sure that we adhere to the alcohol limits. What are the current alcohol limits in South Africa? Okay, well... Um I just want to start off by saying that it is a very foolish idea to drink then drive, regardless of whether there is or is not a limit. Currently, um, the limit of alcohol that one may uh, consume without being prosecuted is less than 0.05 grams per 100 milliliters of blood or less than 0.24 milligrams uh, per liter of breath exhaled. Now, to most people, that means absolutely nothing. And uh, the reason why I say that is because it's very difficult for people to equate that to one beer, two beers, uh, five beers, a glass of wine, and so on and so forth. And um, the difficulty that one faces is that all of these things are relative. Um, you know, I, I know wine lovers who have incredibly large goblets, um, which would equate to a glass of wine. I also know people who have those tiny little wine glasses um, that are actually the measure by which one would be calculating um, a, an amount of alcohol that, that one could consume without uh, meeting or exceeding the actual alcohol limit. So um, the best policy, of course, is to uh, just bear in mind that if you're going to be drinking, don't drive, and if you're going to be driving, don't drink. Um, that is the best policy, but that does not mean that it is sensible of the Department of Transport to now come along with this new amendment that they intend bringing into, uh, into law in, at some time in the future uh, where they're going to prohibit any amount of alcohol in a breath or blood sample for, for drivers of motor vehicles. And the reason why I say that that is not a sensible approach is 
because we currently have a problem in South Africa where the conviction rate for driving under the influence of alcohol is incredibly low. You have a more than 90% chance of being acquitted or having the charges withdrawn against you if you are arrested for driving under the influence of alcohol. That is how abysmal things are at, at, at the moment. And removing the limit is not going to cure that problem. What is going to cure that problem is for our law enforcement authorities to do their jobs properly and to make sure that people that they arrest are brought before the courts promptly with proper forensic evidence to prove that that person was under the influence of alcohol. And the reason I say that is because, and, and I think we can thank our lucky stars for this, there is no court in South Africa that is going to convict a person of this particular crime in the absence of forensic evidence. The day that we move to a, a, a court system where uh, one doesn't require any uh, physical evidence, then we are in deep, deep trouble. So, um, as I say, look, we've made a submission to the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Transport regarding the National Road Traffic Amendment Bill 2020, which, um, coincidentally, the commenting period for that closed on the uh, 20th of um, November, that uh, was recently reopened, giving members of the public the opportunity to uh, go and put in their submissions regarding all of the provisions that are, are contained in that bill um, by no later than the 21st of January uh, 2021. So there's plenty of time for people to consider it and uh, consider making submissions. And I would strongly encourage anybody um, who... It uses our roads, regardless of whether they have a driving license or not, regardless of whether they drink or not, to go and make a submission, but to think about things very carefully before they actually make that submission. And I'd just like to get one last thing out the way uh, before I uh, shut, down, uh, shut up for a second, and that is to say, well, how do you do that? And there is a very easy portal that has been created by a non-profit organization, an NGO, called Dear South Africa. And if you just go to dearsouthafrica.co.za, you will see that they've put an online platform for anybody who wishes to make uh, any form of submission regarding this particular proposed legislation and numerous other pieces of proposed legislation. So uh, go and, and visit that website and consider making your submissions. 
We are speaking to Howard Domboski, who is the founder of Justice uh, Project South Africa. And uh, we are talking around the rights and obligations when being stopped by a traffic officer, especially now with this uh, festive season and all the lockdown regulations that are, are varying in uh, different provinces in South Africa. Remember, A-teamers, you can join us on the line on the discussion on 011-714-2006. I'd like to know how you behave when you are being stopped by a traffic officer do you uh, immediately jump out of the car and want to negotiate or do you admit guilt initially <laughs> what is it that you do please do send us messages on our voice note as well on 0614104107 or alternatively sms as 41391 now howard you'll be surprised at the messages that i've been getting on air um <laughs> i've got a message from donald mambombo who says patricia for those hiccups please drink uh some water it will help you with the hiccups someone else is asking <laughs> why do you have hiccups patricia and another person says patricia hold your breath you'll get lightheaded but it will cure the hiccups unfortunately i wish it was as simple as hiccups these are spiritual burps and they don't sound good i've been trying to suppress them um uh being a spiritual person they, they just they just come up and it has nothing to do with what I've drunk or holding breath or having water. But one thing I do know, since I've gotten a bit of snuff in my hand, uh, everything has subsided. So I'm feeling a bit better. Talk to me about what we should do when we are stopped by a traffic officer. Should we immediately step out of our car and admit guilt if we've had a bit more than usual to drink? And what is more than usual to drink in any case? Oh, okay. Um, uh, certainly no, but I, I just want to uh, settle a, a, a another particular debate before we move on to that. Are you wearing he- headphones at the moment? Patricia? I'm still here. I'm still here. So y- you feel that we should be waiting no, until are, we are told what are to do? Are you wearing headphones? Yes. Yes, I am. Boom! <laughs> Did that cure your headache? Uh, I didn't have <laughs> one, but yeah. Hiccups. Did that cure your hiccups? Well, now well, you've got a headache. Well, well, no hiccups anymore, uh, thanks to the snuff and a bit of a prayer from my producer, Benzito Ricotto, who understands my spiritual calling. But also around, around the headaches, um, what should we be doing, though? Yeah, look, what can we say? But... Um, let, let, let's just deal with this issue of how we interact with um, law enforcement officials in general, whether they are traffic officers or not. Mm. Um, the fact is that I think that it, it's actually safe to say that every single one of us um, likes to be treated with dignity. And um, if you are um, going to um, uh, start getting into an aggressive mode with a traffic officer or any other law enforcement official, you must expect that the same kind of thing is going to happen to you. Now, I do understand that sometimes traffic officers can get very aggressive up front. And it has been my experience that when dealing with aggressive people in general, if one simply lowers one's tone and remains calm, it's very difficult for those people to uh, continue ranting and raving. But on the score of admitting 
that one is guilty of any uh, infringement or crime um, is a very silly thing to do. Um, one should never, ever be doing that. The roadside is not a court, and a traffic officer is not a magistrate or a judge. So ultimately, if, if um, the traffic officer concerned wants to deal with you in one way or another, i.e. Um, issuing a fine to you or a summons to appear in court or, in fact, arresting you, under all of those circumstances, one should just take um, the, the particular action calmly and rationally. Um, but uh, there is nothing in the law that says you must admit to this and you must admit to that. But we can all avoid these kind of situations, Patricia. You know, the question must arise with all of the evidence that uh, one has in respect of um, crashes occurring because people are not in full control of their motor vehicles, uh, which is something that arises when one is under the influence of alcohol uh, apart from other uh, sets of circumstances. Why on earth would anyone want to drive under the influence of alcohol? And that is a question we should be asking ourselves. Is it worth it? Do I want to do this? Do I want to stand the chance of killing myself and other people and my, and my passengers in my motor vehicle? Do I want to take that chance? And don't ask that question of yourself when you're already uh, bombed out of your skull. Ask that question of yourself while you are stone, stone cold sober a long time before you start farting. And if you come back with the answer that that is not what you want to do, then either get a designated driver to drive that vehicle uh, and everybody in it, and that person does not drink anything, or get yourself an Uber or whatever way that, that you can get home without getting behind the, uh, the wheel of the vehicle while you are under the influence of alcohol. I think this is a very, very important thing to drive home. It needs to become a social stigma in South Africa to drive a vehicle while you are under the influence of alcohol. That's what's been effective elsewhere in the world, and there's no earthly reason why it cannot become the social standard in South Africa as well. Mm. And I do agree with you because I do know that the Minister of Transportation, Ufigilam uh, Balula, was actually advocating for 0% alcohol um, in any blood specimen uh, if you are stopped on the roadside. Do you think that we'd find ourselves in South Africa with a 0% alcohol uh, specimen? I think, as I said earlier, I think, I think that, that, that uh, the notion is preposterous. I think that um, Fakili and Balula is unfortunately uh, misguided and misinformed as to what causes driving under the influence of alcohol in South Africa. Uh, and he's also misinformed with respect to the uh, effect that very small amounts of alcohol can have 
on a person's ability to drive. Now, uh, let me ask you a question again, Patricia, and I know you hate me for doing this because I always do it to you. Um, do you like Christmas cake? Absolutely, yes. Well, don't you know that they soak it in brandy? So, and not only that, tiramisu and uh, my cough mixture when I've got a bit of a cold, so I'm worried. There you go. Now, now, can you imagine becoming a criminal because you had a piece of Christmas cake or a, a teaspoon of cough mixture because uh, you've got a cough that isn't COVID-19 related? Um, uh, or if, if, even if, if it is, um, taking medication uh, that, that, that has any amount of alcohol in it, um, which is not going to impair you, but it is a measure of alcohol. And for that, for Kilian Balula and his henchmen say that you must get a criminal record. Do you think that that sounds fair? Definitely not, especially after this whole hot cross bun saga that happened last year uh, during the Easter season. Yes, indeed. And, and uh, funnily enough, I had a television journalist come around um, and we did an experiment on that. But uh, unfortunately, she had fussy tastes. So she went and bought the most expensive um, gluten-free hot cross buns and we got absolutely no result from that. But uh, that being what it may, there there are numerous things that may cause some form of, of, of reading of alcohol in a breath uh, specimen and even in a blood specimen. And funnily enough, there's also a medical condition which is referred to as auto-brewery syndrome, which some people, um, a very small proportion of people, suffer from, where if they eat certain fruits or other foods, their body naturally manufactures alcohol. And we're talking about people here whose religions um, prohibit them from drinking alcohol, yet their bodies naturally produce it. As I said earlier, and I'm going to say it again, the solution to the, to the problems that arise out of excessive alcohol use and irresponsible alcohol use lie in properly uh, prosecuting the laws and, and enforcing the laws that we already have in place. There's no need to try and reinvent the wheel. If the blood alcohol level is 0.05 grams per 100 milliliters of blood sampled or it is 0,00 grams of uh, blood per 100 milliliters of blood sampled, if you do not put that evidence before the court, you are not going to convict the people. And that is the difficulty that we have. If we had a conviction rate was, which was in the upper 90%, so 98% upwards, and it was heavily publicized when a person is convicted of driving under the influence of alcohol and it's heavily publicized that that person had their driving license suspended, which is in our law at the moment, 
and possibly got sent to jail or got a hefty fine, etc. Do you not think that that would act as some form of deterrent factor towards people who might be tempted to think that they can handle drinking and driving? Most definitely so, uh, Jay. Most definitely so, Howard. Let me go to our A-teamers who are um, sending us voice notes. Hello, SAFM, and hello for Patricia and your guests, and the listeners also. Uh, my problem is, it, I just need any information about what can we do or what we it will happen to us, because we usually knock off late on Saturdays, uh, like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and obviously we have to go home. So what is the information we can get regarding the being stopped by the uh, officers on the road and asking about this curfew? Yeah, that's what that was my question. It's uh, here in Pretoria. Sure, Mangope asks a very important question there, Howard. Let's take a bit of a breather. After this, we'll come back and, Howard, please do respond to what should we do if we are stopped um, on our way back home from work if we have done a bit of overtime. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. 104 to 107, that's where you can catch us nationwide or alternatively on DSTV Channel 814. We're talking to Howard Dabonski, who's the founder of uh, Justice Project South Africa, looking at the rights and obligations when being stopped by a traffic officer and some of these traffic rules and regulations, especially as we get into the festive seasons. My name is Patricia Dudley and we are the A-team on Late Night Conversations. Now, Howard, before the break, we had a question here from our a-teamer what is your response around what should be happening when we are stopped okay well Mangopa asks a very very uh, valid question in respect of people who either work shift work uh, in factories uh, or in other institutions and people in the hospitality industry like restaurants and the like um, now I am sure that I don't need to tell you that the ridiculous system of Um, permits um, was done away with uh, several levels ago and um, one now sits in a situation where uh, a person who works for a restaurant for example who might get released at 11 o'clock but still be traveling uh, at midnight um, could encounter uh, police or, or traffic officials and then be asked well, what are you doing on the road? And then it becomes a question of my word versus your uh, ability or, or your propensity to believe my story. And that becomes a problem. So what I would recommend that people who are in that kind of position do is that they just get a letter from their employer stating that they work for XYZ employer, that they do work um, these irregular hours and um, may be on the road uh, after um, the the curfew 
uh, kicks in. Those people are, in fact, allowed to be on the road, um, although I think that there are provisions in place that, that say that, that the uh, restaurants, for example, and, and um, taverns and bars must, must close um, uh, at a particular time to enable their staff to get, go home. But, but you know, um, situations arise where it's not always possible to leave the premises at exactly a specific time in order to get home. So I think it's best to c cover oneself by just having that letter in your possession to show to law enforcement officials, look, it, it's not just me making up a story because I wanted to go joining. Uh, it, this, this is actually a genuine situation. Now, there's something else that really caught my eye um, in the last month. I was uh, driving home from work, and obviously I leave work very late. And um, as I was driving home, there was a roadblock along the way. And a, a lady came in an SUV driving and, you know, you know, just going across everyone else and trying to go into the island and got stopped by the traffic officers and then she said well my son has been in a, a, a motorbike accident I need to go past and I looked at the traffic officers who said oh go mama go is this fair yeah. is this correct because everyone else was standing in the queue to be checked yeah look um, it depends on the circumstances and I'm going to say that it always depends on the circumstances and always the uh, depends on the propensity of these law enforcement officials um, to believe your particular story. Um, I, I don't think that I would like to be uh, the law enforcement official who tells a um, distraught mother, no, you sit in the queue, um, I don't care whether your son's been involved in, in a motorbike accident. Um, and um, I hold her up in the queue. She gets to, to the, the, the crash scene and her son has just passed away. Um, I don't think I would like to be the person that causes that kind of anguish. Um, so I, I think that, that what we as South Africans need to uh, actually learn a lot um, when it comes to sharing our roads is number one, that there, there are shared spaces. But number two, we, we need to treat other people with, the, uh, with a degree of courtesy that we would like to be shown. Put yourself in the shoes of that person and say, should that pe person have been um, forced to stay in the queue or should they have been allowed to, to move on? And I think that you might reach the latter uh, conclusion. Um, and we hope that there was truth in the story. What happens if we are stopped, uh, Howard, and we are asked to pay a traffic fine on the spot that we were not aware of? Okay, well, yeah. Um, first off, let's just distinguish between so-called spot fines, um, which can be called any number of things, including chocho, bribes, um, and cold drink. Um, and the uh, exercises that are set up by traffic law enforcement authorities throughout South Africa 
um, where they try to intimidate people into paying traffic fines. Now, um, obviously, under no circumstances should anybody be paying uh, a bribe. You know, we, we can't continue to whinge and gripe about how corrupt politicians are and so on and so forth. If we are prepared to pay bribes to officials to avoid circumstances um, that, that we find undesirable or indeed to, to, to buy certain privilege. But when it comes to uh, traffic authorities demanding the payment of, of, of road traffic fines um, at the side of the road, uh, where they use number plate recognition and computers and they have all these fancy facilities for you to pay using a credit or debit card and all that kind of stuff. Quite frankly, um, that is, to my view, just as corrupt as a traffic cop standing at the side of the road pulling people off and falsely accusing them and saying, uh, let's work it out. And the reason that I say that is that a traffic fine is not an invoice. As much as the traffic authorities like to believe that they are, they are not invoices. Every single person has the absolute right to decide for themselves whether they want to admit guilt by paying that fine or whether they wish to challenge it. And the, no traffic authority in this country has any right whatsoever granted to it in terms of the law to force people to pay traffic fines at the side of, of the road. So let's make that very, very clear. And when it comes to things like warrants of arrest, which exist everywhere except in Johannesburg and Tswani, um in respect of road traffic fines, a warrant of arrest would be issued if a person is summoned to appear in court and does not appear in court because that is tantamount to contempt of court. Um, they can't turn around to you and say uh, that, that a warrant will be issued against you if you don't pay now. So let's just get this very clear. And uh, obviously the, the response to that kind of of coercion must be, thank you for making me aware of this. I will deal with it in the appropriate manner in due course. And if we don't get, um, you know, the the, the correct response um, of it being, all right, we understand that you've acknowledged and you are going to deal with it, and we get the response that is a bit harsher, like we are locking you up, what should we then do, Howard? Well, then we start moving into the realms of reporting those individuals to the Independent Police Investigative Directorate, uh, IPID, uh, and we, get in, we start getting into the realm of civil litigation for false arrest. They have no authority to arrest you for an outstanding traffic fine. So... Um, you know, look, it is, once again, it's been my experience, and I'm not talking about personal experience in as much as I get threatened because I have one of those go-away faces. Um, but, uh, and I have an absolute face for radio. Uh, but the fact is <laughs> that, that um, 
I have interacted with, with traffic officers over the phone uh, on behalf of people who have phoned me when they've been uh, found in, in this kind of situation. And the second that these cops cotton on to the fact that you actually do know um, what you, your rights are uh, without you turning around and saying that, please, one of the worst things you can say to, a tra- uh, to any cop is, I know my rights, because you're going to get them on the defensive or the offensive faster than you can blink by saying that, because 99.9999% of people do not know what their rights are. So um, don't ever, ever consider doing that. And... Um, uh, but as I say, the second that they realize that you do actually know what you're talking about, um, they simply say, okay, thank you very much. Have a nice day. Sounds easy, um, but uh, I hope we'll all be able to implement when the time but is there required. Is, Patricia, there's an easier way to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I hate to state the obvious, but obey the speed limit. Because if you do not um, drive at a speed in excess of the speed limit in South Africa, and this is a, a curious fact, but if you don't, if you abide by the speed limit, the chances of you ever incurring a traffic fine are practically zero. And the reason for this is for some obscure reason, um, which is not difficult to guess why. Uh, our traffic law enforcement authorities have gone completely berserk deploying mobile speed cameras which they hide in the bushes to take happy snappies of people driving at uh, speeds above the speed limit to send them pay-as-you-go speeding fines in the post. Now, um, you know, with the greatest of respect to, to everybody, how does that contribute to road safety? And once again, I'm going to put you on the spot, Patricia. If your child is walking down the road and there is some lunatic driving at, at uh, the, the, twice the speed limit down that road, do you want them to be sent a pay-as-you-go traffic fine in the post or do you want them to be stopped before they run your child over? obviously stopped well then why is it that we can't get this through to our traffic law enforcement authorities in this country Mm. why is it that traffic fines have become a, a, a revenue stream of utter note there's a municipality in the northern cape that makes 49 percent of its annual budget out of issuing traffic fines now, how ridiculous is that? Wow, Howard, I think every time you and I have a conversation, it opens up um, another bigger conversation. And I think as we are entering the face of season, it is very relevant for us to continue on these conversations. If possible, we'll have another conversation very soon around these traffic fines and also what we should look out for and what our rights are. Because I think most of us as consumers are not aware of our rights. I'm sure, uh, I'll be honest, I'll admit, today... 
I've learned so much more and I've, I'm aware of my rights than what I was uh, before the show. So, Howard, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, hopefully you'll give us more of your time within this festive season. Patricia, it will be my absolute pleasure. And I'd just like to say this so that we can catch the, the early birds who are going on holiday. Mm-hmm. When you are driving, please adopt a driving uh, a practice where you feel that everybody else on the road is out to kill you. Because if you adopt that kind of driving practice, then you will be a lot more aware of your surroundings and a lot more careful. And we will see you in 2021 rather than unfortunately having to say rest in pieces. My goodness, Howard, thank you very much for that heads up. And thank you very much for your time as well. Have a good, good morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. The time is six minutes after um, midnight and it's officially Friday, the 11th of November. And guess what? The snuff has made uh, all the things that need to be made. <laughs> the spiritual hiccups have stopped and uh, all thanks to Benzito Ricard. So I think he's my doctor, not just the show boss, but the doctor as well. Spiritual doctor, Benzito Ricard. So thank you very much. I'm cool. Um, until uh, Monday evening, may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.